Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss to the top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about University of Southern Mississippi, Golden Eagles. On the line with me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Uh, you mentioned that propaganda there. Looks like we got propaganda running about this week. Um, no, we're going to get into that. But other than that, man, great weekend and um, ready for uh, ready for this weekend. And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shane Lott. Evening, gentlemen. That was an excellent thump, by the way. Yeah, it smells. I have to really work nice on my too. thumps, you know. I'm not. Uh, I normally go beer, and I have that nice crack. Uh, but tonight I'm doing. I'm. I'm going with the, with the Sailor Jerry, for you uh, spice rum fans out there. And so it's a twist off. <laughs> so I'm gonna try this. <laughs> Anything? <Yeah, Tom. laughs> are, are you drinking it straight? How are you taking it, Bump? Um. Well. See, this is hard for me to answer since you're like such a uh, a liquor dude. But I, um, so I'm not drinking it straight because it's 92 proof and I just can't handle it. So I have a uh, cherry cola. Oh, that actually sounds fantastic. Sailor Jerry and Coke is a really good cocktail, and Sailor Jerry's got some some high octaneness to it, so it'll get your night going. And I hurt. figured I needed it for, for the show tonight because I've, I've just got a feeling where it might hit. And if it happens Ooh. to go there, I'd like to, you know, not really care about the words coming out of my mouth. I'm going to pour up a little bit more whiskey if Bump's got a feeling this is going somewhere crazy. <laughs> I'm partaking in, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this concoction, uh, Tizanidine and Diclofenac. Because I threw my back out this morning while I was adjusting my chair. So... Uh, <laughs> I'll be uh, 42 in two and a half months, so uh, it's uh, everything's coming along rather nicely. 42 going on 79. 42 going on 79. Well, just you, your back. I think just you need a, like uh, a tutorial. Butt. I think you need a tutorial on how to adjust a chair. Yeah, I mean, you would think that you could just, you know, use your hand and just move it, but no, if you if you uh, if you lean slightly in the wrong direction while doing so apparently that is a no-no jamie 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 you're you're a creative guy you could have come up with a better story than the chair <laughs> you know i've kind of given up on the stories <laughs> i don't know he did get a blister while not running in a race i did get a blister this weekend while not running in a race i have thrown my back out while brushing my teeth i have thrown my back out while washing my hair i have thrown my back out while putting my pants on so oh it's, uh, are you a major league baseball new? player no, I used to try to do sit-ups like Floyd Mayweather, and that probably did a lot of it, but no, 
I'm not. Man, this is what happens when you and Big Al throw each other through kicking nets <laughs> and come off the top rope. I mean, that stuff catches up with you eventually. Mm, CTE. I, I got to give a shout out to the good folks. You mentioned the run this past weekend. So um, me and Ben Compton, another Hub City comedian, uh, volunteered to, I don't know if you'd call it heckle. I would call it encourage runners in the far, uh, Fort to Farm race or run out at the uh, Longleaf Trace. This is an event put on by Extra Table, an incredible event. It sold out instantly. I mean, it was a, it was some of the craziest things I've seen at an event like this. They had the axe throwing. They had, uh, of course, they had us heckling people. Um, they, it was it was kind of bananas, but it was fun. And, uh, you know, they raised a lot of money for the cause. They've already announced the days for next year. So if you're interested in uh, making that run next year, you, you may want to go check that out and sign up. I'm sure all the information is available on the Extra Table website, but they're doing amazing things. And I really enjoyed being a part of those festivities this weekend. Good folks over there at Extra Table. So Southern Miss news. So it's a uh, it was a, a big week for the Golden Eagles. We had a the, the rare five game week as it's uh, as far as the spring goes, and it started off last Wednesday night. Uh, the Golden Eagles taking on a top 100 RPI team in southeastern Louisiana, but the Golden Eagles were in midweek form. Could not pull it out and fell to the mighty Lions by a final score of five to three. Yeah, you know this game was scheduled for Tuesday, uh, and the weather kept it out, so it got pushed until Wednesday. I guess it's good that we have a field where we can do that these days um, with the turf. You know, you can start playing like instantly after it stops raining. Um, but uh, I kind of wish we would have had the regular field. <laughs> Because I don't know what the deal is with these midweek games, man. We just can't get it together. We've won one of them the entire year, uh, and that was against the University of Alabama. And so, anyway, I went to it, and, you know, we get three hits. Uh, I was trying to figure out what, how I was going to talk about this game, but cause, I don't know about you guys, but I hear I get a ton of questions about our pitching strategy during the midweek, how we go, like, one inning per pitcher. And it seems like that gets a lot of the blame. But when you get three hits, uh, the pitching doesn't have a whole lot to do with it, right? So um, you're not going to win a lot of games that way. Uh, our, our our good friend uh, Gabe Montenegro hit a bomb in the fifth that, that kind of you know got us back in it. But that was just about the only positive thing of the night outside of the weather. Uh, Wee Hunt did look good. He started off the game, pitched the first inning, and got three strikeouts all looking, which was really cool, just throwing the crap out of it. And... Um, in fact, every pitcher that we use registered at least one strikeout, and that's eight pitchers total. So, you know, again, pitching looked fine. Um, just, you know, three hits. What are you going to do? You're not going to beat a whole lot of teams that way. No, no, especially not, not a decent team. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. So moving on to the weekend, the Golden Eagles had a four-game series at home at the peak with Middle Tennessee State. The Golden Eagles winning game one. In 10 innings by a final score of 2-1. to one. So the story of this game, again, pitching. <laughs> um, but Stanley just went off, man. He threw an absolute gem. Nine innings pitch, 16 Ks, zero runs, zero walks. Uh, he gets the no decision because it was still tied 0-0. Zero to zero. And then we went to that crazy put a runner on second thing uh, in, in extra innings. Uh, middle scored in the 10th inning. Um, there's a weird uh, balk situation right there. 
But with Ryan Ock on the mound, it allowed the runner to get to third. I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, they ended up scoring a run. And then um, and then it got really, really interesting. It, it, it was a whole lot of just, you know, ugh, the whole game. <laughs> just is anything ever going to happen? Outside of watching Stanley just shove it. Uh, offensively, there's just nothing to speak of. And and then the ending happened, and uh, the Pete went absolutely crazy. That was an absolute uh, exhilarating finish. Trimble started at second for us in our half of the inning when we were down. Uh, Fisher moved him over. Sargent knocked him in. Uh, and there was actually a play at the plate. Trimble scored just ahead of the tag. That was exciting. Um, Garrity got plunked. Lynch singled. And then McGillis comes up, you know, El Capitan, and hits the sec fly to right field. And, um, and, 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 and we come in to score and, you know, the ball game, um, and all the players start running around everywhere. Uh, the horns are going crazy and it was just a hell of a time, man. And, and our good friend again, Gabe Montenegro showed up and hit, had a three hit performance. So it was, it was a whole lot of waiting around and doing nothing. And then a whole lot of really cool stuff that happened in a row. And it's nice to know that we can pull those kind of games out. A little, a little Pete Taylor park magic, if you will. It is real. It is real. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to a doubleheader on Saturday. The first game, the Golden Eagles coming away with a six to nothing victory. And again, the big story in this one was one, was the starting pitcher. So I can sum this game up in three words: Walker freaking Powell. <laughs> um, how do you top a the performance that Stanley had the night before? You can only do it this way. Probably the last time that he's going to step on the mound at the Pete. I hope I'm wrong about that, but, you know, in all actuality, it's probably the last time he's going to do it. Uh, so seven innings pitched, 12 Ks through a no-no. Um, there's one very questionable base on balls um, that was called early in the game, first or second inning, I think. And so it really looked like he had him struck out on 2-2 and ended up walking him. So he, so he's had one call away from a perfect game, um, but it was awesome. I th- I, in the post game, he said that was the first one he's ever thrown. Uh, he's gotten close a couple times, I think, but but never gotten over the hops, you know, especially in Division One play. So um, he improved his season record to eight and two with a 2.69 ERA. Um, he has a 70 innings pitched, 21 runs, 69 Ks, and only 13 walks. So that's incredible. Opponents are only hitting 231 against Powell this year. What else can you say about him? We all remember when he came in, uh, and he was just a tall, skinny dude, and we we're wondering what he had. Sat out that one year and then came in and, and really has never looked back. So being that was his senior day, I mean, what a way to go out. And um, and it was just it was, it was great to see him. Couldn't happen to a better guy. And for their efforts on the week, both Walker Powell and Hunter Stanley were named co-pitchers of the week in Conference USA. So congratulations to those two. I don't know. I mean, that that was that was a tough choice. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, can you is that like when you could when you just want to give it to like the whole offensive line? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right, <MVP>. right, right. <laughs> hey, all of y'all did great. <laughs> or you can just give it to Arvin Fletcher and call him a linebacker. What? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, another cool nugget from that game of the six runs scored by the Golden Eagles, all were scored by a different player. That's kind of cool. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So the second game in the doubleheader on Saturday, the Golden Eagles come out, keep swinging, and come away with a nine to nothing victory. Yeah, absolutely came out swinging, uh, rattled the Middle Tennessee starter Aaron Brown early, 
Uh, got him for six runs on six hits. All were earned in just two and two-thirds innings pitched. Then he gets yanked. And that's all that Ben Etheridge needed. We, we talked about trying to follow up what Stanley had done for, for, for Walker Powell. Well, now you got Etheridge coming in. And um, he's he's, he's kind of like the third wheel of this thing. And he's, he's one of the best pitchers in the country. So Etheridge's line goes seven innings pitched, three hits, six Ks, zero walks. Guess how many pitches he threw for the entire complete? I know it's a seven-inning game. It's still it's a complete game. Seven innings. It was like 65? 67 pitches. 67. Wow. That is so That's incredible. <laughs> efficient. It's just amazingly efficient. And they had six strikeouts, you know? Um, Sarge uh, and McGillis both hit a homer. So, yeah, the Golden Eagles, uh, you know, barreled up the ball the whole game. And, you know, Etheridge just had it on cruise control. So it was, it was, it was good to see and it was, it was, it was fun to watch. And in, in, in the so in those first three games, uh, Southern Miss outscored. Well, Southern Miss first off they gave up no earned runs. That one one run Friday was unearned. So you outscored them uh, by a score of seventeen to one in three games, uh, which is pretty remarkable. Then we go into Sunday's game. Uh, the Golden Eagles come away with the sweep with the nine to five victory. It was, they had them down to one run up in there to the last inning and gave up uh, a few there at the end, but hung on to uh, come away with the nine to five victory and the sweep for the golden Eagles. Right. Got to break out the brooms once again. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but at the beginning of the year with four game uh, series scheduled for all of the conference uh, conference um, series, you know, it's it's tough to win four games in three days, uh, especially, you know, in, in your conference. And we are starting to make a habit of that. So that's pretty cool. Um, I actually got to make it out to this game. The other ones I either had to watch or listen to Juan, which is fine. But uh, but I got to go to this game. And, um, you know, it's always a, it's always awesome to be out there in the right field roost. Uh, Drew Boyd did his best to follow up the other three guys. He went six innings pitched, two runs, I mean, two hits, one run, five Ks. Uh, Gillentine and Weehunt came in and pitched a perfect inning apiece. And then we kind of tried to hand it over to the senior, Cody Carroll, and he had a little bit of trouble. <laughs> uh, we did not exactly slam the door shut, but we did ease the door shut and got the job done. Um, Tyler Stewart came in as well and just threw it 1,000 miles per hour. It's really fun to watch that guy throw the ball. Um, McGillis hit another homer, um, so he had himself a good series. Reed Trimble went two for three with four RBIs, just continues to be one of the best players in the state, C Spire. And, um, and Dustin Dickerson had uh, two hits as well and to go along with uh, two runs scored. So. Great way to end the great way to end the uh, the series, and you know, got to hang out with some Middle Tennessee folks out there in the right field roost. Uh, they could not have been any more complimentary than they were of Hattiesburg, and really, they said just when, when they hit the state line all the way to Hattiesburg, they just loved every minute of it. So, very complimentary of our fan base, our park, uh, all the little quirky traditions that go on at the roost, and um, it was cool. Are are they masochist? They enjoyed every minute of. From crossing the state line, the, at least the road is terrible. <laughs> you can't love you can't love everything about it. I mean, I, I get well, it. Well, you know, you know, it's, it's, it, and, I'm, and I, I didn't, you know, that's that's what he said, bro. So, 
Yeah, I mean, Hattiesburg is a lovely it. place. It is. It is. But uh, the entire way was just <laughs> lovely. I'm calling BS. Yeah. That, well, he might have been trying to get a beer out of me. I'm not positive. Yeah. Yeah. How many Miller Lights was he in? Well, he got yeah. two from me. So. Just just that drive through Meridian is kind of rough. <laughs> yeah. It's nerve wracking. No road gets narrow. It's hilly. The speed limit changes 47 times. There's cops everywhere. It's, yeah, he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody out there when we're having this conversation and talking about uh, somebody walking by said, man, where is like where's Middle Tennessee located? We're like, it's pretty much in the middle of Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Murphy's Murfreesboro. Yeah, it's Murfreesboro. Not an easy word to say. It's not no. Murfreesboro. Or Murfreesboro. Murfrees. Murfrees. They they try to be a Nashville suburb, but they're just a little too far away to really be a Nashville suburb. Mm-hmm. Never been to Murfreesboro, but Burro. I can't even say it. I quit. So the Golden Eagles are now thirty three and fifteen on the season. Twenty and seven. In Conference USA, as of this recording, the RPI, according to Warren Nolan, sits at 25, of course, after the one loss last week. And then with uh, taking on Middle Tennessee State, which is a very low RPI team, um, even with the four wins, we descended in the uh, RPI ranking, sitting at 25. Pretty solid, but we've got four games coming up at FAU, and they are a top 100 team. So that's coming up this weekend, Friday. Uh, May the 14th through Sunday, May the 16th. That's a four-game series at FAU to end the conference season as of right now. I'm not sure if the Golden Eagles will have any additional games in the following week, but as of right now, there is nothing scheduled. As far as the rankings go, uh, Southern Miss in, uh, I believe, all the polls at this point, uh, USA Today coaches poll, Golden Eagles are ranked 17th, D1 Baseball 19th, Baseball America 20. The NCBWA, the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, 20 as well. And then Collegiate Baseball has the Golden Eagles at 29. So rankings across the board for the Golden Eagles, well-deserved at this point in the season. That means we're pretty good, huh? Those those numbers sound nice. One more thing to talk about in regards to baseball. Before before Jason talk, I'm sure Jason's got a little bit to say about FAU. But at some point this week, at some point during the week, it might be when you get to listen to this, the NCAA is going to be announcing the 20 finalists to get to host a regional. That list then will be narrowed down to 16 after the conference tournaments. So this week they're going to announce, you know, all the all, all the teams that were interested, send in a bid. The NCAA is going to pick 20 teams to be finalists, and then they will choose the final 16 at the end of the tournament uh, of the conference tournament season. Yeah, uh, in a normal year, you would think with I mean we've got a good record. We're we're ranked in the top 20 for the most part. Uh, RPI is solid. We're unless we uh, completely fall apart in in Boca. And then in, in Ruston for the Conference USA tournament, you would you would think we're going to make an NCAA regional somewhere, and even maybe with a collapse. We've positioned ourselves pretty well, but um, this year with with uh, you know, them having to to do the tournament selection sites a little different, 
we may not be completely out of it. In a normal year, with our resume right now, we probably would not host for a strong two seed. But this year, you know, depending on guidelines in different states and, and you know, what events can take place, uh, we, we may still be in the running for, for a spot. It's going to be interesting. It's going to come down to the wire. You know, there's there's different things in play this year with with, you know, how certain schools didn't play very uh, many out of conference games like they normally do. So you wonder what's going to be taken into consideration. But the big thing for Southern Miss is if we get one of those 20, then you kind of have your destiny in your hands. Because you're playing a top 100 RPI team this week four times in FAU. If you can go out and win, you know, three out of the four, you're you're in pretty good shape. If you win all four, you're in great shape. Then when you get to the conference tournament, at some point you're going to bang heads with Louisiana Tech, a top 20 RPI team. Well, top 25 RPI team. Then you're so you know you might bang heads with Old Dominion. You might bang heads with Charlotte. These are all top 20. RPI team. So when you match up with those teams, if you can come away and get a victory, if you can at least make it to the conference final, uh, you you have to feel really good about your chances. It's your conference USA's had a few, you know, down years as a conference where you get one or two teams in, but it's really nice to see uh, the the conference get back baseball wise to to having three or four teams in, in regional contention. I mean, Conference USA has been a strong baseball conference, and us being a big baseball school, uh, that, that's been a big bonus, uh, where the rest of the, the conference, uh, there's no point in being in it. Um, but uh, it, it, it's, uh, that'll, that'll pad our resume, and it, it's been a fun year to watch good baseball. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty unexpected for me. Honestly, with, with with the Charlotte and ODU, did you guys expect them to be this good? Not, not. I didn't expect. You know, I, you kind of uh, heard a little bit about Charlotte. You know, you kind of felt like their baseball team's kind of been. Um, they've had some 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 good years recently, but uh, you know, I don't think anybody expected this. I definitely don't think anybody expected four Conference USA teams to be sitting in the uh, top twenty six. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if anybody it looks like that, it looks like it looks like while we've been talking, Southern Miss has uh, fallen to the 26th spot oh. in uh, RPI. So I don't know what happened, but well, they probably piped into our recording here, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, if you talk about those guys from the from the from the western side of the conference, everybody knew about FAU, um, FAME, FAU. Uh, and but but yeah, it was a little bit unexpected for me, and it's it's changed a little bit. I mean, Rice is gone now from our side. Tech has stepped up. We've kind of been the constant, I guess. But it's nice to see from the other side. Is it weird that we? I don't remember ever playing Old Dominion. Have we ever played Old Dominion? Is that possible that I just forgot? I think we've played them surely yeah. at some point. Um, I, I, yeah, I did the same thing with Western Kentucky. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but either way, man, yeah, we're looking in great shape for a conference. And I've been, I've never been a conference guy. I don't ever want to, you know, I I don't. This is not how I roll. But um, but you know, if, when when it helps, I guess the normal normally the reason I'm not a conference guy is because we're like the only good one. C U S A C U S A C U S A C U S A doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but it's it's is what it is. You know, the rankings are the rankings, the numbers are the numbers, and 
and heck man we're we're up there um i wish we kind of could have known some of that beforehand and maybe we could have worked out the schedule a little bit you know to more beneficial to everyone but i don't know maybe it worked out better where they just kind of stayed on their side we stayed on our side and, and we're coming into a collision course in the uh conference championship and speaking of that conference championship i've heard so many people talk about getting tickets for it um and i think our best chance if we because if we go to the final game everybody wants to go to that our best opportunity for that to happen is if louisiana technical gets beat out if they get beat out we can have a sudden miss takeover of that thing in the in the finals because nobody else within you know i mean fau is not going to travel right they have a legitimate shot I would think uh, Charlotte and Old Dominion, that's forever. Um, well, Charlotte's going to have two dudes show up in basketball jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> Is Charlotte the team with the with the NASCAR uh, the, uh, NASCAR dad? Remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah, they were. It was uh, Dale Jarrett's son played right. for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Were you guys just speaking English? Maybe not. It's it's the sailor Jerry. I didn't understand the words that were coming out of your mouth. Something about a NASCAR dad. Yeah, uh, Dale Jarrett, who is uh, who was a NASCAR driver. Um, Honest Dale is is one of my cousins would call him. Um, he uh, he had a son that played for Charlotte a few years back when they um, when they played the conference tournament. His dad was there. So is is there a Dale that's not honest? I think Dale Earnhardt was cheating Dale, according to my cousin. Oh, <laughs> so I can take those that. are those are fighting words in these parts up here. Oh, I know. <laughs> but uh, this would have been when he was still alive. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's touch on this before we move on. And and I will say this: it, in the grand scheme of things, it means absolutely nothing because it's it, you know it's what it is. It's uh. The different things that go into these things, but you know, I used I used to be employed by the, the company now known as C Spire. Uh, there's a lot that really doesn't surprise me with uh, some of the things, but but what happened this week? I did some advertising for them. I feel cheap. you did do some advertising for them, <laughs> and they hired somebody to play me. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really messed up. By the way, even you know, even though we schemed them, <laughs> we um, did. <laughs> But the, the nominees for, for C Spire's Outstanding Player Awards in 2021, they're doing this all in one fell swoop. Uh, they didn't do the Connerly for football back in football season. So for the for the Connerly, they, they, the schools uh, get to select one player to submit. So all the schools in the state have a player. In basketball, the statewide media allegedly selects uh, the finalists. The, in women's basketball, is selected by the statewide media. But baseball, the Ferris Trophy, they say it's selected by – Major League Baseball, professional scouts, and coaches. So out of all those categories, and you look at how good the Golden Eagles are doing in baseball this season, and I know I know two other schools in the state are doing pretty well as well, but out of all of those categories, there's one player that's up for an award, and that is Southern Miss offensive lineman Arvin Fletcher, who is listed – he is listed in this press release – as being Southern Miss outside linebacker Arvin Fletcher. So not only do you not get a, a, a baseball guy in, women's basketball, men's basketball, all right, I, I get it. I get it. But 
to not have anybody in baseball and then our only player get his position not only wrong but wrong on the completely others that there's no way to mess that up there's no like <laughs> there's no how can you confuse uh offensive linemen I mean, I know OL. I guess maybe that's it. Maybe they wrote OL and they were like, "Oh, outside linebacker," because that's the first thing you think of when you see OL. But um, <laughs> that's definitely know, an offensive line. It's it's it in the grand scheme of things, it means absolutely nothing. But it is disrespectful, and they do deserve ridicule for this. <laughs> they, yeah, they do. You know, don't don't give me this like, oh, they're trying to support the. You know, they're trying to bring attention to the players in Mississippi. Don't give me that shit. No. They, when, when the first time it came down and Adelius Thomas didn't win, it was, you know, it, it, there's been a lot of, of shady things going on with that. Um, so yeah, see Spartans, there's all the ridicule they want. And shout out to our friends at Verizon and AT&T for engaging with the Southern Miss fans, slinging some gifs our way. Um, it was kind of funny. I know, I know that some of that's automated. I know some of it's just people b- behind a keyboard, um, but it was it was amusing to me. So, anywho, AT and T went through the effort of finding who the the mascot was and and posting a picture. So, I mean, uh, the, if that's an algorithm, uh, I'm terrified. But, yeah, uh, no, that was that was some great homework. Shout out to the social media team at AT and T. That was great. The first problem with the baseball side of it is having scouts involved at all because, you know, scouts deciding who gets on this ballot as, as to who's the best player in the state is ridiculous. People, I mean, a lot of times it, it, the player that – because scouts – you can like you can be a great ball player and never get a look from the scouts, right? You just can't have all this – you can't be a Matt Walner. You can be a Scott Cheek, right? Hell of a ball player. Um and just just doesn't not one of the uh, the five tools like doesn't do anything except does everything really good and above average doesn't do anything like that you know they doesn't throw ninety seven uh, didn't hit seventy homers you know so that kind of thing so the first the, the first fault is just looking at it that way because um, being draftable and being good are just different it's just totally different um, the other thing is that I honestly if they're gonna do anything. Um, to try to make it fair. And, and, and if we weren't any good, I still think as a company, as C Spire, wouldn't you want to just go ahead and include everybody? Even if we weren't any good. But the problem is we are good. Ranked in the top 20 in the country. Two of the best pitchers, not only in the state of Mississippi, give me a break, but in the entire nation. And it's not even, it's not, it's, it's not even debatable. Uh, you look at the numbers, the numbers are, are there. Um, you got guys up for national awards, like the freaking golden spikes and you can't get on the ballot for the best player in the state of Mississippi. Give me a break. Um, and the worst part of it all are these backhanded compliments that we see on Facebook and Twitter from our brethren up North. I know both schools probably have like very reasonable people that don't do this, but most of them, you know, give that, Hey man, I mean, just, it's one step away from like saying, it's okay, buddy. And patting us on a freaking head. And it gets old. Um, there's no way that a Southern Miss fan would ever look at it that way. Um, and I, I really wish that they would let the fans of each school vote on the guy that they want to put on the ballot. We decide who goes on the ballot from our school. From that point, open it up to everybody. If you want to include writers and stuff to vote and have that weighted heavier or have the scouts participate in that part, whatever, man. But like I said, from a company standpoint, you don't want to exclude anybody. 
Like, there's a lot of times we don't talk about politics on the show. You know why? Because it's divided right down the middle. If we pick a side, there goes half the audience. So I hope that happens to Ceasefire. I hope Ceasefire just starts, you know, subscriptions just start dropping uh, left and right, especially from South Mississippi, because this is absolutely just, 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 just a travesty in my eyes. And it shouldn't matter this much. I know I'm going off on a thing here, but it shouldn't matter as much as it is. But how do you not get pissed off when you have one of the best seasons ever? Walker just threw a freaking no-no. He's got an ERA right, like right under three for an entire season in Division One baseball with metal bats and these juiced-up balls in a park that blows out all of the time. Everybody hits bombs here, <laughs> you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, and he might not even be the best pitcher on the team, and neither one of those guys makes it. Not to mention Reed Trimble or our good buddy Gabe Montenegro. They aren't any good. I don't know. No, taking it, nothing well, away it, from the guys. I know there's a dude hitting 400. And the other teams. I'm not. I don't want to take any of their players off the ballot. We just deserve somebody on the ballot, right? Well, they you got two guys from State, three guys from Ole Miss. You got two pitchers from Ole Miss. So you you know, that's one of those things. And our and our guys statistic like you know who statistically, if you look at those numbers, and I could be wrong on this, but I think I'm right. Uh, I want to say Ben Etheridge is is tops in the state in several categories. Um, as far as if you're just looking at straight up statistics, mm-hmm. if you look at strength of schedule, we have. I mean, we're like. 30 in strength of schedule. So you can't really use that argument. It's one of the, and, and, and two, okay, if you have scouts choosing this, are they choosing it off of pro potential? Because if they are, if they're not choosing who they think is the best player in the state, if they're choosing off of pro potential, how the hell did Jake Mangum win it over Matt Walner? Mm. You know, how did that happen? Because it was no, I mean, like if you're going up from the scouts' point of view, you're going to go with it. It's yeah, going to be that long. You can't have any more tools. Close. <laughs> yeah. So, but Jake Mangum had a hell of a college career. I don't, I don't hate on, hate it at all, but, but there's, there, the, the criteria is really shady. Uh, C Spire Pant is, I mean, even when I worked there, they were pandering to, uh, the two schools up north. I get it, but don't, don't pee in our leg and tell us it's, it's not raining. Tell us it's raining. That's pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it sucks. There goes a thump. I'm ready to hear the wizard stick. Look, I uh, I'm I'm changing to a different whiskey. I like <laughs> Sailor Jerry, Jason, and Muscle Relaxer Jamie. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane, we're we're. Uh, do you have uh, some stuff you'd like to chat about at this point? Not yet. Keep going. Hey, hey, I do want to. Um, well, at some point, I want to get to FAU because I know we're going to play them this weekend. And uh, yeah. It's- Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I got carried away. Go ahead. Yeah, no, take it away, Jason. Well, Bob you know, did his best Bill Burr there for a minute, and we we got wrapped up in it. Yeah, yeah. sorry, my blood pressure was sky high, but it sucks. Um, but but getting back to what seriously matters, because that crap doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, it doesn't. If we don't expect it at this point, then you just hadn't been paying attention the last couple of decades. Um, but anyway, so FAU coming up this weekend. Currently, RPI of seventy three. Who is FAU? That's Florida Atlantic University. In our conference, you can get that shit mixed up in a hurry because they have all kind of letters going everywhere. So overall, Southern Miss has a 12 and 9 record versus FAU all time. Five and four at home, five at four away. Um, FAU plays in Boca Raton, Florida. They have a baseball stadium that they play at. Does anybody know what the name of that baseball stadium is? Because it's extremely creative. Um. Joey Freshwater Field. <laughs> that would be way better. It is the FA. It's, it's the FAU baseball stadium. 
All Never right. would have guessed it. Yeah, only upstage mm-hmm. by the uh, Forest County Multipurpose Center. Um, so uh, this place seats 2,000 people, so it's a little bitty rinky-dink. Uh, 3.30 down the line. At least it has some distance to it, unlike Reverend Rustin. 3.30 down the line, 3.75 in the gaps, 400 to center. They play on natural grass. This year, FAU is 27 and 21, 16 and 12 in Conference USA. And, and, you know, they started off the year great. I don't know if you guys remember back to the beginning of the season when we started to get an inkling that Conference USA might be a little bit better than normal. Uh, FAU was ranked, right? And they started off the year great. They took two of three from UCF. They scored 38 runs in those three games. That's a lot of runs. They can hit the ball. Uh, They swept Seton Hall. I'm not positive what Seton Hall has, but we all know that name. I think they're normally decent, so it's cool to sweep them. Then they go on the road to their kind of, you know, quote-unquote uh, big brother, and they beat Florida. Everybody's going to say it's a midweek game and blah, 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 blah. They beat them 3-2. to two. So FAU is not bad. Uh, they had a four-game sweep of Marshall this year. I know Marshall sucks, but still, you win four games in a row. That's pretty cool. Um, then they got swept by Charlotte. Halfway through the season, they kind of had a little a little skid. Um, but when they did get beat, when they did get swept by Charlotte, they lost three of those games. One went into extra innings, and they lost all. Uh, they, they lost three of them by one run each. So very clearly, very uh, very easily, could have been you know a split of the series, and maybe even um, maybe even won the series. They lost three of four to Old Dominion. We've talked about how good they are. Um, but when they so they lost three in a row. And then on Sunday, they shut Old Dominion out four to nothing. So they do have some ability there. Uh, they just played Western Kentucky last weekend. They won three out of four. We all remember Western Kentucky coming to the Pete. And I thought that they were a little bit better than I thought they were going to be, even though they look like William Carey. They're a formidable opponent. And, you know, so FAU just took care of them just last weekend. So they got to be feeling a little bit good about themselves. Now, tell the tape. Um, Jamie, he does this with football all the time um, during football season. But so as far as FAU hitting versus Southern Miss and then FAU pitching, I'm going to run through that real quick. So on the hitting side of it, FAU is hitting 274 as a team compared to USM's 258. FAU has 62 home runs compared to USM's 52 home runs. Uh, slugging percentage, 448 and 434 respectively. And uh, they are 24 of 33 in stolen base attempts, where USM is 27 of 31. So if you're going to give the edge to anybody there, you're probably going to give it to FAU. And I don't know their strength of schedule or anything, but I know that they've played Charlotte and Old Dominion and UCF and Florida, so they've got to be they, – they've played a lot of good teams, and they've put up more offensive stats than Southern Miss has so far. Pitching side of it. USM is going to end up having the edge on this, but who do we not have the edge on in pitching? We just, you know – just killed it all year long. Um, so the pitching side. Team ERA, FAU 5.94, USM 3.36, so got a little bit over two runs per game advantage there. Opponents are hitting 270 versus FAU, whereas 231 versus USM. They have four uh, complete games on the season. USM has six. They've given up 54 home runs. USM has only given up 39 home runs. And at the Pete, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Strikeouts, FAU with 359, USM with 444. That's that's, uh, nowhere close. Uh, And then walks, uh, 174 for FAU and only 98 for USM. So I think that we're just kind of looking at the stats. Really – 
you know, USM has a, has a distinct advantage on the pitching side of things, which you would expect. And FAU has a slight advantage at the plate. So going into the, to this weekend, people that are looking for a sweep, an automatic sweep or anything like that, man, you can't just keep winning every damn game, right? Baseball's weird. The ball bounces differently. Um, it's nice to know that we have all these good pitchers. Um, but this is a good team we're playing this weekend, and, and we're going to have to play our best to, to get out of there with a series victory. Uh, FAU's strength of schedule is 80, by the way. Okay. So not bad. Not I mean, bad that's, at all. It's yeah. not like hosting contention, but it's definitely with a good record uh, get you into the tournament. Uh, before we leave baseball, I, I forgot that uh, NCAA baseball fans on Twitter had had tweeted out some some good stuff stats wise uh, as far as nation leaders. Uh, Southern Miss's pitching staff leads the nation in strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, with uh, 4.53 strikeouts to uh, every walk, uh, that's pretty strong. Uh, I mean, we we've talked about how strong the pitching is uh, all season long, but that just goes to show. Um, <clears throat> also ranked number five in uh, in WHIP in walk hits innings uh, pitched. Uh, at, at 1.11 there and, uh, number two in walks per nine innings. So we strike out a lot of people and we don't walk many. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, tied for fourth in the nation in shutouts with seven. And, uh, the reason we're tied for fourth is because Fairfield, Louisiana Tech and Monmouth are tied for first with eight. And then Gonzaga, Oklahoma State, and Southern Miss all have seven. I got you. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, hey, I mean. And a few other, uh, just real quick, uh, if, if the people that are listening or watching the game this weekend, some guys you want to keep an eye on for FAU, um, there's a kid named uh, Nolan Shenuel. Uh He's a freshman. He's hitting 341 on the season. He's number 12. He's got 10 home runs, 50 RBIs. He can absolutely rape, rake, rape. <laughs> he, can, he, can, he can hit the ball well. Uh, number 24, Mitchell Hardigan, uh, sophomore outfielder pitcher, hitting 323 with five bombs. Number nine, BJ Murray, uh, sophomore infielder, hitting 313 with 12 home runs, nine doubles. And they also have another guy with 10 home runs. That's number 10, senior outfielder Bobby Morganson. So be on the lookout for those guys uh, as, as far as, uh, you know, uh, Powell and Stanley and Etheridge and the guys, um, those are the guys you're going to have to look out for in their lineup. How many home runs did you say they hit as a team? It was 60-something, right? It was more than us. Yeah, um, and we uh, we pop somewhere. a few. So. Yeah, they have 62 out of 52, so they fit 10 more than we have. And, and granted, USM you know decided they wanted to hit the ball about three weeks into the season. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, they, they've got some guys that can hit the ball, and they're young. You know, looking up and down their lineup, uh, we're gonna have to contend with these guys for the foreseeable future, and that might be the reason they're down a little bit this year, is because every time I clicked on one of these names, uh, it was a freshman or a sophomore that's leading their team in these offensive stats. So um, let's go ahead and get them while they're down, and while we're you know kind of benefiting from having these pitchers back this year. So it's turning out this this is you know kind of. This COVID thing has really worked out in our favor, especially uh, pitching-wise. So, 
speaking of us deciding, you know, at some point in the season that we're going to hit the ball, I was talking to my little brother who uh, went to state. I, I, I'm sorry. I tried my hardest to get him to go to Southern Miss, but he followed some friends, and uh, he's a lost cause. We gave up on him at that point. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, potential regional sites, and, and at this point, state's pretty much a host. Uh, and yeah. it's a strong possibility that that we could end up there. And he was like, I do not want Southern Miss in our regional. He was like, you guys have outstanding pitching, and it's not the same team that was hitting the ball when we played at Trustmark Park early in the year. And uh, so it's the, the he, he is a sports nut and, and pays attention to every detail, and, and he absolutely wants nothing to do with us in postseason baseball. I wonder if, uh, if we play them not on like a Wednesday, if we hit better. We don't hit during the week. <laughs> we just we hit don't. On the it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. I mean, we we won one midweek game all season, which just goes to show how strong we were on the weekends, even even before conference play. I mean, we we won a lot of baseball games uh, because we won one midweek game, and we're still ranked in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. Is Brewski's even open on Tuesday night? I don't <laughs> even know what. <laughs> That's a very good point. Well, Shane, why don't you bring us up to date? <clears throat> we didn't have a whole lot of uh, action as far as games being played in the last week, but uh, there there were, with seasons coming to a close, a lot of Conference USA uh, <clears throat> awards released. Excuse me. A little smoke wagon bourbon got a little tickle in my throat. Um. <clears throat> Let me take a sip here real quick. <laughs> ah, there we go. Um, softball was in action last week, and uh, they finished the regular season. Now my mouth's watery from the bourbon. We're going from one extreme to the other. Uh, finished the season at UAB uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, dropped the first game on Friday, 0-7. to seven. Uh, then on Saturday, bounced back, won the first game one to nothing, lost the second game three to four, and then on Sunday in the finale, uh, dropped that one zero to five. So with that, the regular season comes to the close. The Lady Eagles finished the regular season 22 and 31 overall with a four and 16 Conference USA record. Um, there were some accolades uh, postseason-wise for the team. Uh, Destiny Brown and Alyssa Davis both were named to first-team Conference USA. Uh, Hannah Borden and Heather Hill were both named to the Conference USA All-Academic team. Uh, the Lady Eagles did not make the Conference USA tournament, so that brings the season to the close. Uh, after the, the close of the season on Monday, uh, two more transfers uh, were announced with Kelly Frugge and Carson Pierce announced that they're leaving the program. So that brings the total number of players that have decided to either leave the program or enter the transfer portal since the beginning of the season to 11. Uh, that's, uh, it'll, yeah, that's uh, crazy stuff going on with softball. Uh, I mean, there's still some girls left on the team. Uh, I, I hope they're happy, uh, <laughs> uh, and I hope the recruits uh, coming in, you know, uh, have a better chemistry with with this current staff because uh, there's going to be a lot of turnover. It's basically going to be a brand new team next year. 
Um, but, uh, you know, closed out the season, not the season we wanted to see, but, uh, but some nice accolades for, for a few players. And, uh, you know, we'll try again next year. Now I'm ready for uh, the uh, I'm ready for the softball team to get back to doing good things because that's a really cool little venue that they have over there with the, with the deck on the uh, left field side and being right there next to Fourth Street Bar. Um, that's right is. up my alley, man. But like you know, I don't. When, when Wendy left, I just I really didn't want to go back. And uh, yeah, if if you like baseball, softball is really fun. It's really fast paced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. They put the ball in play all the time. Yes. And how they put the ball in play, I have no idea. If I were standing in a batter's box and somebody threw me a rise ball, I'd pee my (laughs) pants. I would pee my pants. How do you hit that? It's unbelievable. Uh, It's it's a fun game. Uh, And, look, when any team is struggling, nobody wants to watch that. Bad sports is not fun, but good sports – is a blast if you know if they can get some momentum going i, I wish them the best uh you know they're putting in the work uh, it's just been a been a weird season uh you know the lady eagles like uh we were talking about with fau earlier they started the season off doing you know fairly well and and just really uh kind of crumbled down the stretch and ended up where i mean literally the team was falling apart uh hemorrhaging players left and right so uh we'll we'll see what happens um I'm, I'm sure the people that need to be on top of the situation are on top of the situation. And, uh, well, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You have something else you want to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's all of the, the actual games that were played uh, since the last time we, we talked. But uh, there were some, some Conference USA teams announced in the different sports. Man, uh, I don't think I've had to say a men's tennis player's name all year and this guy's from uzbekistan (laughs) Uh, and he's a freshman and he's an absolute monster went eight and one this year um all right here let's give this a shot let's take another sip of the smoke wagon first i'm gonna say it and then i'm gonna spell it um so you know you can play along at home oh Alam Alamajan Nabiv. Yeah, so it's spelled O L I M J O N is his first name, and then his last name is N A B I E V. So, yeah. Uh, he was named the second team all conference USA uh, in singles as a freshman. Like I said, went eight and one. Uh, in the article that I read, I was a little confused. Uh, the, the one match that he lost. Could have been called a loss at a three to three draw when the, the, the matches were ended because the, the team results were final. Um, if that doesn't make sense to you, didn't make sense to me either. Just thought I'd mention it. Um, and track didn't run this past weekend, had that weekend off in preparation for the Conference USA Championships up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee at Middle Tennessee State University. Uh, but we did have Vivette Green was named the Conference USA Female Athlete of the Week after her performance last week in which she placed second in the 100-meter and then was part of the 4-by-100-meter relay team that won the event. Um, in women's golf, our super freshman Merche Carbaccio won uh, Conference USA Freshman of the Year. 
Uh, pretty impressive feat there by Merche or Merche. Uh, in beach volleyball, our number one pair of Kylie Grandy and Abby Wilson uh, continue to bring in some accolades, earned top flight award honors from the American Volleyball Coaches Association, uh, finished the season 21 and 16 uh, with five victories over ranked teams as a pair. Uh, to win that award or to qualify for that award, or I'm sorry, uh, you must compete in at least 15 matches and win 75% of those matches are uh, played. Um, so yeah, the the number one pair of Kylie Grandy and Abby Wilson uh, represented us very well this year. Uh, great season, ladies. Uh, cont- we'll be excited to continue to watch the, the beach volleyball program grow and the, the volleyball program in general at that. Uh, with women's tennis, uh, also had some some accolades. Uh, Katia Del Garza was second team Conference USA singles and doubles, and her doubles partner Suhana Das uh, was second team Conference USA doubles as well. Uh, De La Garza was six and one on the season. Uh, lone defeat was against uh, the number fourteen ranked player in the country, uh, and then uh, as a pair, the two were six and one and 3-0 and in Conference USA action this year. So uh, some awards rolling in for, for Golden Eagles as those spring seasons come to a close. Uh, after track uh, Conference USA championships this coming weekend, uh, that'll be uh, the, the end for everything but baseball for the rest of the spring. So uh, wrapping everything up for the spring semester. Do you guys have any shout-outs? I would like to give a couple shout-outs real quick. <laughs> Number one, my first shout-out has to go to Momo Montenegro for hooking me up with this. Number one, just for being a cool dude, good friend, um, great guy. Just, yeah, nobody's ever going to meet Momo and say, like, you know, what a jerk. <laughs> He's just the nicest guy. His family's nice. I've met all of them this weekend. Um, he, he hooked me up with his jersey, and we got to take pictures with Gabe after the game. Um, and I put those out on social, so uh, that was cool. And it was it was basically me and like all those guys down there with uh, Rick and Todd and uh, Big John and everybody with with the, with the Gabe Fathead and all that. So that was cool. Huge shout out to Momo. Thank you very much. Um, and the Middle Tennessee guy, the right fielder's dad. The right fielder's name is Cole Escher, so his dad is, you know, Cole's Escher's dad. <laughs> I can't remember his name because that's just how I roll. I, I either remember it forever or forget it instantly. One of the two. So I forgot his name, but he was cool. We had a beer. He was great. Uh, and then the last shout-out I wanted to give was to Ray and Millie Dudson. They were sitting behind the fence um, uh, right behind where I parked the Jeep in the roost. And just kind of before they came in the game, they're having a beer and, uh, and you know, Robert starts yelling at me. He's like, come over here, man. Somebody wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh shit. But then they were like, Hey, we love the show. And so anyway, they were cool. Um, that's and, good. Cause it's usually the police in that situation. Yeah. I was like, Oh God, yeah. what did I do? Like, <laughs> like they know I'm not supposed to be there or something. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, it was cool, man. And they're great people. They live up in Madison and they make the trip down all the time. So that's above and beyond, man. Those people that drive that much to come watch the Golden Eagles play, and I dig it, man. So I, I appreciate them, you know, saying hello. Shane, um, my first shout out is to uh, uh, 
Lincoln Road Package Store because my first pour tonight was an old Forrester barrel strength single barrel pick uh, from Mr. Ferris there. Uh, and then my second shout out is to uh, Mr. Jamie Arrington and Mr. Jason Bailey for once again breaking all kinds of federal alcohol laws <laughs> this week to uh, procure some fine bottles of hooch from Lincoln Road for me again. Those actually uh, are now being unknowingly transported by a large corporation via uh, cargo jet to North Carolina, and I should have them in my possession come Thursday. So uh, next time we talk, We'll uh, we'll pop that bottle if it's not half gone by then. As 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 Al, as the great Al Capone would say, it's the hospitality business. That's what we're in here. Absolutely, and it, it's much appreciated. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna if I ask you to do this for me too many times, I'm gonna have to start throwing tips in there to uh, to cover your time. Um, but uh, hey, all this, good. Hey, speaking this, of uh, speaking of Al Capone. Uh, Katie and I are going to Ocean Springs this weekend with Jack, and we're staying at a place called the Gulf Hills Resort. You guys know about it? No, tell me. Okay, well, there's nine hole golf course right there. Apparently, this thing was uh, that th- they built it like back in the 20s, and one of the I think like one of the main reasons they built it, according to the story they have on their website, is uh, it it was it was a um kind of like a getaway, a secluded getaway for Al Capone. <laughs> Um, there's, oh. there's pictures of famous people they have, like they got water, they, they have, uh, Elvis Presley water skiing back in the day. And, uh, anyway, um, I don't know if any of this is true, but I've seen the pictures and, you know, a lot of things went down back in the twenties and the fifties. So, uh, I will be staying there this weekend. I hope it is not a huge disappointment, but I'll be ready to report on it next time we do a show. So Al Capone's house down – because I got into the gangster stuff when I lived in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So Al Capone did have a house. It was kind of on an inlet in Ocean Springs. It was torn down after Katrina. Hmm. But somebody found something. But he did – he did, and it was mainly a shipping port for rum from the Gulf. Um, But he also stayed at the old Broadwater Hotel back in the day because my great-grandfather was a bellhop there, and, and he was given a very generous tip. Um, this would probably have been what the, the late twenties, early thirties. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah. Um, so it's possible. It's it very true. You know, yeah. It's very, po- I mean, it is very possible that he, he, you know, stayed there and, you know, probably had other people with him there, but he did have a, he did have a house down there, um, that was kind of off an inlet. But so, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll let you know if I see his ghost walking around. His ghost is probably down there in uh, Miami, actually. Uh, <laughs> if you got to pick between the two, I'm probably going Miami also. Yeah, and you know Chicago, the ghost trees up there, so he's probably he's probably Miami. They're all coked up. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Won't well, shut up. Just in your face. Yeah, and I've got a uh, I've got a laundry list of shout outs this week. I usually don't mm-hmm. have a whole lot, but I'm gonna get some. So first off, shout out to all the new graduates. We had uh, Southern Miss graduating class this past week. Uh, made it difficult to get into restaurants and whatnot, but it's all a beautiful thing as they become new Southern Miss graduates. Shout out to the uh, head coach himself. Uh, happy birthday uh, this past Monday. Happy belated birthday to Will Hall, who celebrated his birthday probably in the 40s at this point. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, another local podcast. The Hardy Street Boys had me on uh, this past weekend, had an amazing time. Drew Wooten and Jamie Massingale. 
that is dropping on Thursday. They they basically have a podcast that talks about events uh, in and around the Hub City. So great time with those guys. And a shout out to my wife, Melissa. We are celebrating 11 years of marriage or uh, 65 if you're counting in dog years. Uh, this coming weekend. So, Boo. oh, Boo. dude. Well, since you did that, uh, Katie and I are celebrating nine years. That's the reason we're going. And you know, normally, like you yeah. remember, like, like we went to we went to Aruba like five years in a row. Yeah. And then we had Jack, and uh, you know, Aruba's kind of like over. So the next best thing is obviously Ocean Springs. That's where we're going. Well, and, and also Shane just had his what your eleventh, twelfth, twelfth, yeah, twelfth was Sunday, Mother's Day. Uh, got to knock out two birds with one stone there. But uh, the wife and I took our two-year-old out to Wrightsville Beach near Wilmington, North Carolina, for for the weekend, and uh, had a good time out there. Very cool. Well, it, it's anniversary season, so shout it out is. To it you is. guys and your wives. Hope uh, hope you had a good time, Shane, Jason. I hope you. Uh, I hope you. Um, Enjoy some hospitality while you're on the Gulf Coast. Absolutely. Yeah, find a gangster ghost. <laughs> and I'm, I've got a, it's, and I mentioned this on the other podcast, but I, I got a joke I'm kind of tossing around. Like, when the next pandemic happens, would it really surprise anyone if it if it came from the waters of the Mississippi Gulf Coast, like it was something no. like Gulf Gulfport Pox or? <laughs> yeah, no. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised it hasn't yet. I'm surprised it hasn't. Well, I think yeah. it got. I think it got Jeff Bauer a while back. He got hit with the 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 bacteria that eats your flesh. Yeah, yeah dude, that's yeah, terrifying. Yeah, and, you, 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 and you know the bad thing about that is it's all. It's not even. It's because of those jerks over in New Orleans. You know, like releasing that water out of the out of Pontchartrain. We can't help it that you built your city crappy. When the water overflows, you put it into this big ass lake, and when that overflows, in the 1700s, yeah, yeah, and and, and like, and then when that overflows, you're like, oh well, sorry assholes, you know, like we're gonna dump it in your water and kill all your fish, cool. Um, so no, yeah, that's great. I mean, it would be like your neighbor, like if my neighbor right now, if they had a pool or something, and every time it overflowed, he just dumped it into my yard, and my house overflowed, and he was like, sorry, like, tough shit, just... buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, I think you get a lot of the dirty water just from the river itself yeah. just i mean like yeah, minnesota the mississippi gulf coast is, is 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 you know bad looking water or whatever you know or unhealthy water go check out the mouth of the mississippi it is straight chocolate milk well the mississippi river drains everything in between the rocky mountains and the appalachians i mean every and and that's the heart of farmland in this this country so every chemical and fertilizer and you know all that stuff that, that flows into the river comes out of the mouth of mississippi that's why there's a a giant dead zone there and that and 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 then you know fun fact the water doesn't really start to get clear until you get way past florabama like it probably would be clear <laughs> by then but just but florabama. florabama it still stays <laughs> it still stays uh sludgy so i think it's all the chlamydia <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, man, it was uh, spreading like wildfire with the what was it like the the Gulf Coast Beach whatever spinoff reality show they had a few years ago. I didn't watch it. Oh, I vaguely remember like the name of that, but uh, thank God that's not in my brain. Hey, while we're while we're rambling and shouting out, so uh, next next comedy show coming up, you may want to get your tickets because tickets have become a hot commodity lately here in the Hub City. I'll tell you about that in just a second. But Sean Patton is going to be back at Brewski's. That's going to be on Friday, 
June the 18th, 2021. Sean Patton, uh, a local favorite again. If you want, but if you're thinking about coming and checking him out, you don't know much about him, Google him, look up his videos. Uh, if he's not your speed, then you, you don't want to waste your time and money and come out. Yes. Uh, that being, if you en- if you enjoyed the hot mic session uh, a couple of weeks ago, Sean Patton's your guy. Go check yeah. him out. He's my absolute favorite. Uh, but he, if if you thought I was throwing around sailor words, don't go see Sean. Um, also, we've got Last for Life 2021 coming up. So tickets went on sale this past Friday, May the 8th, and they sold out in under eight minutes. Hey, so- you're welcome for about six of those. Oh, awesome! Oh, dude, awesome! Yeah, you know, awesome. And, and, you know, Katie got on. So Katie doesn't work on Fridays, right? Uh, well, she does her real estate stuff. But anyway, she doesn't have like a real job on Fridays. Um, <laughs> she doesn't listen. But anyway, uh, yeah, I was so, about so, to say. So she uh, had whiskey in my mouth. No, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, sometimes those turn into good paydays, but honestly, most of the time she's just running around, you know, doing stuff. Anyway, uh, so she had to get us Buffett tickets when Jimmy Buffett came to the Sanger. And I think it sold out in like three minutes or something like that. Uh, and so she called me like nine minutes before they're supposed to go on sale. I want to say they went on sale at 10 o'clock in the morning. And um, she called me like nine minutes before then. She said, look, um, you know, what do you want me to get? And I said, well, how much do they cost? And uh, when she found that out, she said, they won't let me put it in the cart yet. I have to wait. And I told her, I said, look, I don't think it's going to be like a Buffett situation. And it's not going to, you know, it's not going to go instantly. And she, and she was like, well, do you want me to try later? I was like, well, it's only nine minutes. Why don't you just stick around? She did. And she told me she got the ticket. So we, so we're, um, we're bottom section. I think it was called like lower orchestra or whatever towards yeah. the, like, uh, not the 85. It ended up 85 up front, 65 towards the back and then 45 and 35 up top. Um, typically my favorite spot to sit in a theater or at a major league or at a major league baseball game or whatever is upper deck front row. I think it's the best spot in the Sanger. I kind of like the bottom a little bit better, but, uh, so anyway, she stuck around she got those tickets. So she got tickets for us and the Royals to go. And then like three minutes after that, you text me and Shane on our thread and you said, I think it's sold out. I was like, what? (laughs) It just started. And, um, so I, anyway, and you were right. Uh, I think when you text us, it was really close to selling out. And a few minutes after that, it did. So awesome, man. Hattiesburg, you know, this is the reason we get to have cool shit because every time something cool comes along, you step up, man. And it's awesome. I'm glad that I get to be a part of it. So thank you, Jamie and Kent and everybody of Last for Life for bringing, uh, Nate to town. I watched this special the other night, laughed, just tears rolling straight out of my eyeballs the entire time so it was great it did not disappoint and i can't wait to watch it and i can't i can't make any promises but and i don't know exactly what it's going to entail but we're trying to make another event happen possibly so just if you're interested in coming didn't get tickets i can't guarantee that it'll be the same i don't know what's going to happen but just uh we're going to try to figure out something because the demand was so high so just uh just keep keep an eye on our social media platforms uh, there as well. Oh, I got to give another sh- I got to give another shout out uh, since I w- we're not going to be doing a show next week. Um, shout out to to uh, the company I work for, Greatness Media. Uh, I got a big announcement coming out next week uh, with Lewis Howes and the School of Greatness. So if you listen to that podcast, check it out. 
Uh, if not, check out the uh, social media feed sometime next week. There's going to be a big announcement coming out that uh, is going to be great for for Lewis and all of us at Team Greatness. So good times. Sweet. Woo-woo. Uh, not to be too big of a spoiler, but the secret you know, potential event that Jamie has coming up is really just him doing an after show when Nate gets done uh, on a pickle bucket in the, the Porter Public House parking lot. Um, so, yeah, you can probably get tickets for that pretty late. You know, so, you know, the first time I worked with Nate or whatever, guys, I was like, what, two years in comedy? If that. Yeah, I was probably I was almost two years in comedy and. uh I thought it was the best compliment, but knowing what I know now, it was just like he was trying to find a compliment to give. But it was so he was just because that was when I did impressions a lot, and he was like, he was like, hey man, nice impressions, and it was like, <laughs> was that the presidential levels of drunkenness? Or that's uh, still one of the greatest I, jokes. Had had to have been. Had you know been. that one and the one you did about the. I know we're trying to wrap it up, but the, the other joke that I, I love a lot of your jokes, but. The one where uh, the the baby reveal, the gender reveal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the end, he goes and a beige baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't necessarily have to wrap it up. We could sit here where we well, Jamie's on pills, but yeah, uh, we could. Jason but... and I've been drinking. We're done talking about Southern Miss. So if you don't want to listen to us be idiots, then uh, <laughs> see you in a couple of weeks. Right, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And hopefully Southern Miss Baseball will uh, book some kind of uh, games weekend after next, and then we can talk about those leading into the conference tournament the week after that. So be a good time. Uh, I still keep waiting for our show where we get to talk about Jason's theory on the pyramids. You know, I really need to uh... – <laughs> I really need to have about six rainy days in a row where I can uh, just sit there all weekend and just soak in the uh, – what channel does that come on? The History Channel? Is that a History Channel oh, thing? Man. Yeah, I love the History Channel. Those yeah. shows are ridiculous. I'll say I don't like re- reality television, but I will watch Ancient Aliens until like my <laughs> legs don't work anymore. Like, it's, I know it's stupid. I know it's stupid. It's, uh, Catherine and I have an inside joke here where it's like, uh, you know, they they pick the most ridiculous premise and they're like, all right, this could be possible. That's not saying it is, but this could have happened. Let's make a one hour show just assuming that that's 100 percent truth. And it's the most ridiculous stuff ever. And I love it. Um, that and like uh, Curse of Oak Island, I'm obsessed with. Mm-hmm. I mean, they find like something. Every like year and a half that keeps me hanging on <laughs> that they're going to find something. It's like season 27. They found like a lead cross, a piece of bone and, and a penny from Wichita, Kansas. It was weird. Um, but uh, yeah, those, those shows are my jam. Uh, Pawn stars even. Let's throw some Pawn stars in there. American pickers. Yeah. I love the history channel. <laughs> hey, hey! I'm gonna sling it back to Southern Miss just for a second because I think nope. this is well, we already uh, announced we were done. With this, that. this is this is a tweet. Okay, so College Baseball Nation, uh, they they cover college uh, baseball, obviously in the title, <laughs> but they put out their projections, and and I don't think this is true. I don't think this. I, if this happens, I would be just. I would. I don't know what I would do. So this is the regional they have us in. Okay, the number four seed. Ball State, the number three seed, Fairfield, the number two seed, Southern Miss, the number one seed, Pittsburgh. Hell yes. 
<laughs> that, so like I feel like that's an automatic super regional. Oh, wow. I uh, I love it. I I'm in. Yeah. You remember the Liberty Bowl pit? You want some more of this? Break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's uh, somebody fly Marshant Kenny up there. Right. Where's Carshan? I had a dream. Well, not Marshant. Oh, oh man, uh, T.J. Slaughter. Yeah, T.J. Slaughter. Well, you remember? You remember that like, at the end of the Liberty Bowl? So Marshant's on like. Lee Corso had picked him to win, and Marchant goes up to the camera, and he's like, "Not so fr- hey, Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend." Yeah, he did. We came. Yeah, yeah. What What was the story about the the pregame banquet with that with T.J. Slaughter talk? He like he he stood up and he was talking about how this he had this dream that the running back was coming through the hole, and he was like, "And I hit him so hard he died." Yeah, and then he just. <laughs> sat down everybody was like right. jesus christ man <laughs> dude I when i was him. on the when i was on the plane yeah. coming back from nebraska and they fed us something like they gave us you know the the chicken tenders and whatever and i was sitting with uh sherrod gideon of all people and sitting behind me was tj slaughter and tj went to the bathroom and they went around and they gave everybody an ice cream cone and uh, I think I got like the last one and TJ came back and he didn't get one. And he was, was like, <laughs> he was like pissed. And I was just like sitting there just like holding my ice cream cone. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Mr. Slaughter, would you like my ice cream cone? Would you like my ice cream? That's my ice cream punk. Has there That's ever my... been a more, more appropriate named human being than TJ <laughs> Slaughter? That guy was an animal. And he still is. What's he doing these days? He works out all the time and puts yeah, and and travels the world. He works and, out a lot. Yes, and he is he can still do whatever the hell he wants to on the football field. Believe I me. tell you, who was not appropriately named Britt Barefoot. That was a <laughs> big disappointment to all the the uh, commentators. Dude, it, it apparently duped me like ten years later. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've covered enough show here. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you in a couple weeks. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.